and the show must go on. And the show must go on. That's the law. I'm Vince Roca. And I'm Tom Ayers. <laughs> What's new, man? Nothing. I was just hanging, <laughs> hanging out today. Bored. Bored? Bored. Looking for something to do? <laughs> and I thought, I don't know, let's go for a little ride. We are literally podcasting from what could possibly be your deathbed. <laughs> That's, this, this, we have to do something exciting. <laughs> Just pull the plug in and make it the, is the that, beep yeah, noise. Get her to, do something. to come back? This is, uh, this is funny as long as you don't die tonight. But if you do... <laughs> this is going to be a good podcast. This is going to be a good podcast. I think this is going to end up being shown at, uh, at the funeral. I'll finally get my, my numbers ready. Yeah. My number's up there on YouTube. <laughs> I, I guess I should ask, since this is a good opportunity, um, yeah. if if you don't make it, yeah. uh, who gets your, your Canon camera? Oh, dude, it's all you. It's all me? Canon right. is all so, you. So they, yeah. They've heard it now. So I guess we should address the uh, elephant in the room. All right. The, and, the, and that's the room that we're in. So what's, uh, what's going on? <laughs> well, woke up um, the last few days. It's yeah, been, uh, oh. I know you're new, yeah, to, no, you're new to entertainment right. and show business, but touching the mic is a bad That's thing. That's a bad thing. Yeah. Last few days, my heart's been all over the place, beaten, all shungad, not steady at all. Uh-huh. And then um, this morning I woke up. I thought it was a good night's sleep. I thought it was like, you know, it was all good. But... Wait a minute. Um, what do you when you thought you were, it was I all good? Good night's sleep. I thought everything was good. Oh, okay. But I didn't know if they were like Italian-wise or swimming with a good night's sleep. No. All right. But um, so um, just started getting dizzy, um, clammy, wet and clammy, um, and I was like, all right, I've done that before. That's a fun game. So I actually have a blood pressure machine at the house, and I took it, and it said that was my pulse rate was about 36 beats per minute so I was like hmm that's that's enough for other people to panic not right. me not you how no. low is your heart rate ever been 36 beats per minute <laughs> <laughs> so the last time the last time um, it was down at 39 and I was at um, I was at um, <clears throat> um, my physical therapy um, and down at Rancho Los Angeles, I was at the yeah, hospital. You actually had a place, you know. Uh -huh. And she checked it, and she was like, you know, they do the whisper, like somebody else. They go, hold on one second. <laughs> and I'm like, what is that about? And then she goes, um, do you mind if we call a response team here? And I thought a response team, you know, and like, what, you know, what's that? That's fun. And they emptied the room out. There were like 20 people in the room exercising and getting physical therapy and doing all this stuff. And they emptied the room out and then like 14 people showed up. You they, were in a PT room? I was, yeah. And so you weren't in like a hospital, you were in a PT room I was with in other the people PT getting wing. PT. Yeah. Okay, so they cleared, they were like, we need to get you out of here and they brought in 14 yeah. people. Okay. Yeah, and they took me and they were, took me up to ICU, which I stayed for the weekend in ICU. Uh -huh. um, and everything was fine, they were just waiting for it to happen again. They were like, you know, so so this might happen again. Okay. Okay. They're like looking at me like you are, like, go on. Right. Except we didn't have all fancy stuff. Uh huh. Um, and that was thirty nine beats per minute. So right. this is thirty six. This is thirty six. That was. Oh, and then. Okay. All right, you're messing with the mic again. 
There you go. Uh, you get the beeper, you get the mic. I have a hairy chest. Um, <laughs> when I stick those on better. That's a very Trump move right there. <laughs> Let me tell you, my chest is tremendous. I have the most hair. Very it's hairy never, chest. Let me just tell you, I have the hairiest chest. <laughs> the hairiest no, chest. on record hair. today. That's a Trump move. Um, all right, so... It was down to 39, you were there, and today I got you dizzy, and I went, and I, my roommate, I was like, want to take a ride? He was like, sure. Dropped me off. I was like, like a date, like a chick, you just going to drop me off? And I told him, I was like, I'm good, just go. And so you literally just drove in the ER, dropped you off, and then drove off? And when I sat down, I told him, there was no line, but there was, there was a bunch of people in there. When you're in the ER, yeah. Yeah. And well, you first enter, and there's the security guard to your right. Yeah. Yeah. And I went. I just walked in, and mm-hmm. she was like, "Can I help you?" And I, the last time I called the ambulance, they called here, and then they redirected them to Sherman Oaks Hospital because they were too packed, right? So I'm being thinking that I'm being considerate and also smart. So I said to the woman, "I said, tell me something. How full are you here? Should I go to Sherman Oaks Hospital?" Okay. <laughs> She looked at me like, what's wrong? And I said, um, low, low heart rate. I was like, um, but I have a history of heart problems. So I'm just wondering, is, is there a bed? Is it? And she went, well, let's look you up. So she looked me up and she said, sir, why don't you have a seat? <laughs> she blew that on by. I thought I was being, you know, savvy here, but I was, it was more like, stop it. <laughs> You're a walking insurance nightmare. Yeah. Like you come in and you tell them that you have a low heart rate and they send you somewhere else and yeah. you die in transit. It's right. like Not that right. makes the news. Yeah, I mean, And then, you know, the guys, like, I mean, it's uh, a really weird problem because you're, you're, not, you're not bleeding out. You're, you right. don't look terrible. But literally, you could drop dead any minute. He goes to me, he's saying, um, the head, head nurse goes, so how are you feeling? He goes, how are you doing? You know what? Actually, really good. <laughs> like, you know, considering right, well, that my, I might pass out any second, you know. And he was like, okay. And then you hear people behind, behind me, like running up and down the hallway, going, "Hold on!" Like they're handling something more important. Thirty-six um, beats per minute. Wait, they got gunshot wounds and people yeah, bleeding out. They're like, hold on, hold yeah. on. I'm dealing with a thirty-six per right. beat per minute. Right. You know. Because they can justify the insurance because there were other emergencies to deal with. But the person in the front, (laughs) I can't say your way. Right, you're you're here to stay. So you're here now. You're feeling okay. That's good. Yeah. But they're going to keep you overnight. Yeah. They're going to get you overnight. It's actually good. The last four nights, my heart has been all over the place. And um, and that makes me feel flustered and, like, uneasy, but Mm -hmm. not dizzy or... Or sweaty or clammy, you know what I mean? It just. Do you feel better being here? Like there are people to watch you, so yeah. it's a safe place. Yeah. So at home, do you think it contributes? Like you start to worry about your heart, and then that makes it you. It's the ball is rolling downhill, and you just become like oh, I'm the fucked up, The overall, I'm home, um, and and it gets like that. I I get bummed out. You know, like one doctor goes. This, this doctor I have my GPM it's a real old guy and you know my heart's ticking really loud right right 
he listened to it, and I think I freaked him out. You know, I don't think he has a lot of, of us in. So he's there like aren't a lot of you in existence, anyway. Right. Yeah. So so he, like I, t I told him sometimes, you know, it's it's not steady heartbeat, and he like well when that happens you go to the emergency room right away. Now also his fear about everything, he said. As soon as I walk in the door, he wants an EKG. You know, I'm, I'm there for cold medicine. Right. Because, you know, I, I have some kind of virus or flu right. or something. Right, And um, And he's, um, he's on it. And I would be, too. I understand that. Yeah. When I come here, and I come, I've come here now, I don't know, in the last three months, I've come here three times. And we go and we do the CAT scan, we do the... Um, EKG, ultrasound, and then they let me go home. Right. You know, and then I have a problem. They come back and we do a CAT scan. Today he said, "You just had the CAT scan." And he goes, "Sir, too many of those." He said, I'd, "I'd rather not do that right now." And I was like, "All right." You know. I mean, I was here three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, about it. So, um, uh, he said, "I'd rather not do it." So, Beeping. You beep and then you stop beeping. Yeah, it stopped again. You're right. As long as that stops, it's also really hard to say. Like when my heart beat is sporadic, yeah. and I go, "Oh, it stopped." I don't mean that. You don't mean your heart stopped. You right. mean it stopped being sporadic. Right. 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 Well, I'm Weird pretty sure. Somebody. I'm pretty sure you will never know when your heart stops. No, you, you get to know for a few seconds. <laughs> you go, that's weird. And then you start to get all clammy and, and you start to get a little dizzy. And you're all like, right. hmm. You're probably a little more in tune with it. But the average person average doesn't even go to. They don't think they, about they it. Go, they may go, that's weird. But they're not like, my heart stopped. They're just like, I feel kind of <laughs> dead. <laughs> my, my mom is in my guest house. My mom's in the guest house. So right. So I start to go out, and I call her, and she doesn't answer the phone. I get pissed, and I'm like, "Damn it! I think I think I'm alive today because I've gotten pissed at my mom for right. not being there for me." You have to you have to push through. Uh, because, yeah. What is wrong with you? Right. No, I, look. I mean, we're, we're talking about your frustration at home and the comfort of being here, and maybe that you you know you start to create your own problem by concerning yourself with the problem. There yeah, are yeah. plenty of people who have lived who should who should have been dead but have lived through because they needed to do something they needed to see oh, yeah. something like where the no, hell is my mom and then oh, you know they get to that, that moment and then it's over so yeah no i'm a i mean without getting all weird and holistic i'm right. a huge believer in the your the control of your mind the power i, I hate to use the term the power of your mind it's no I, but freaking hokey but it's but this whole this whole computer is operated by right. this, or this whole machine is operated by this. And it's computer. an agreement that you go into, you and you agree with that thing. Almost more on a, a subconscious level, that like you you know at some point it was conscious, but then it becomes like a you know this is going to happen because I agreed that this is going to happen. And when you go, there are people, I mean. Yeah, you know, you've heard of people waiting until their son comes back until right. they die, or um, waiting until son gets married, or right. you know what I mean? It's like, and then that happens, and they go, oh, you know, that's uh, the agreement. People, 
the computation that they created right. that they live out. Right. You so know? you call your mom, she doesn't answer, and now you're oh, like, God damn it, I gotta get one. And also, like, I'm I, dying I go, over here, and this woman is, is you know, peeling true. carrots. <laughs> My mother, she, we had just talked about it, and she goes, well, at least I'm in the guest house in case something goes wrong. <laughs> Right, well and <laughs> I got a cramp in my, uh, in my leg, and I jumped out of bed, and I'm like pacing back and forth, and there was nobody else in the house. This was a year ago, two years ago. Right, and I'm pacing back and forth, and I, my heart rate crashed. I went down, you know. Right, and I mean, cold, clammy. I I was like dizzy. I'm like going, oh, I was like, should I call my? I'm going, should I call nine one one or call my mother? And I went, call my mom, and I'm like. Ugh. I'm like, that was so bitch. She's not answering the phone. It goes to the voicemail. So I called again, right? This is this is while I'm like dizzy, sitting on the end of my bed, going, I don't know. I was actually putting on pants, trying to like go. I'm going to the hospital, right. and then I went. Oh, I'm gonna go walk over there. I think I could have called 911 anytime. Walking over there. So there's I'm assuming feet. you go out your patio. Door. So I went out my patio yeah. door, 50 feet. Halfway across, uh, across the yard, I went down to my knees because my my legs started to give out. Right. And I started going out, right. and I'm like, I'm gonna die in between my houses <laughs> because this woman is. <laughs> and then I kind of like got enough energy to stand back up. Right. And went in a room, and I swear to God, like a six-year-old little brat. Ma, what are you doing? <laughs> Here we <laughs> and then and then I ended up calling 911 myself in the room. <laughs> I could have called on the other, but I believe. <laughs> Had you just dialed 911 in that bed, you would have dropped the phone and just lied there and waited for someone to come. And if it took them 10 minutes to get there, you would have just died. <laughs> Because you would have been like, everything's okay now. At this point, you're kind of 911 in your, in your mom's bedroom, and you're like, I'm going to take care of this woman. <laughs> I can't die. What the hell, Ma? You, you said it's good that I'm here. You said. Hold on a second. It is a good thing she's there. She's keeping Hi, Yeah, I'm having heart problems. Hold on a second. Just get ready. We're going to the hospital. So, yeah, I'm out. Right on. So, uh, I guess on to the bigger topic. Yeah. The uh, last podcast, you were going to tell a story about your grandfather who spent 25 years in jail. <laughs> so, that's what everybody's waiting what, to hear. I, I forget what. All right. Yeah. You no, baited. You that's were like, right. next that's time. Right. And then. And coughing. <coughs> and then today, when you're like, I'm in the hospital, I'm like, holy shit. He's he, he committed the cardinal <laughs> sin in the previous podcast. He baited for the next podcast, and now he's not going to be arraigned for it. I got to get down there. So, uh, so yeah, you said uh, you said on the next podcast, you're going to tell a story about Grandpa right. who got life and only did 25 years. Yeah. Okay. So, my grandparents. Are we good? Yeah, it looks okay. okay. My grandparents um, married, had a kid at 20. Both of them were like 19, 20. Your mom's parents? Yeah. Okay. They had my mom. And at one, uh, when she was a year old, um, he was, he, had, he was in a gang and they basically robbed a uh, speakeasy because this is back in the prohibition. Right. And because it's your grandfather, he's twenty one. How old is your mom right now? She's seventy eight. 
So this is 76 years ago, or 77 years ago. Uh -huh. So, uh... 38, 39. 1938? Is that 39. 39. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, it's easier. Just ask yeah. what year your mom was born. That would have been an easier <laughs> thing to figure out. All right. Uh, so, um, they went in and they robbed this, but there was an undercover, I don't know, off-duty, I think. There was an off-duty cop. Anyway, right. he got shot and died. Oh. So... During the robbery. During the robbery. Okay. So... Um, and it's kind of funny because my mom has always said my father, my grandfather was driving the getaway car. And it's always that. And I, over the years, I thought, well, how convenient my grandfather was the guy in the car. Right. I would love to think so. I don't think any less of him if I thought he was inside. I'm just saying it was really to tell his daughter that he's in the car. You know, right. That was a, a convenient. I don't know. I don't think he's the one that pulled it. It was only one guy that pulled the trigger, so, you know, I don't think it was my grandfather. Well, wait a minute. How do you know that he wasn't in the car? I don't. Oh. It's very possible. Oh, okay. It just seems like the comedian thing to tell us. So, wait a minute. He did you know, 25 years, then what? Wait a minute. Oh, okay. there's seven of them. All right. Right? All right? Six of them. Three of them got the electric chair. Holy yeah. shit. It was in New this York? Was, this was Thomas E. Dewey was um, running for mayor. And he was going to show everybody. You know, he was um, prosecuting. Trying to go shut that kid up. Um, so he was running for uh, office, and he was going to make an example of these guys. So three of them got the electric chair. Three of them got life, and one actually got away, ran to Florida, uh -huh. and then he actually got tried, caught and tried like five years later, okay. and got 16 years. Okay. So he got a much lesser sense. Um, okay. You know. Maybe he was driving and got a white car. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but no, I think he wasn't around for the, the Thomas E. Dewey, you know, the... Right. He was out of that. The, right. That guy was making... Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was much later. And, and they were like, all right, you know, he wasn't the one... Anyway. So um, my grandfather ended up... I think one other guy died in prison. So there was two left. Mm-hmm. My grandfather named Zimmerman was the other name. And um, there's a book on them called Saints of Denimora, um, Denimora Prison. Okay. Um, and they became jailhouse lawyers and um, got like three, helped get like 300 people out of prison on loopholes. Two of the guys that did this robbery with your grandfather. Right. So uh, my, grandfather, my grandfather and, and book. this other guy. Okay. Um, were the two that were left. The, wait a minute, your grandfather became a lawyer? Yeah. Oh, so there's a... Okay, there, the there's book a book. The book is on my grandfather and this other guy, Zimmerman. And is was this an, this is an actual published book? Yeah. Did you read the I book? I have that. Yeah, it's um, it's the Saints of Denimora, but it's called The Guardians. Okay. And they ended up being part, partially responsible for the law getting passed. And I don't know, again, I don't know, there's a lot under the water here, but um, partially responsible for uh, the law being passed that anyone with life is mandatory parole, uh, uh, eligible, mandatory eligible for parole at 25 years. So, because before okay. you got life... That negates the point of the life sentence. Well, you're, you're eligible... That's why. That's why, and uh, so you're, you're. In other words, after 25 years, you right. are eligible for being seen 
by uh, parole. That's why now, if you're in a, if you kill like three people, mm -hmm. you can get three consecutive life sentences. Right. Which the whole purpose of that is to push parole to 75 years. There you go. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. Why not just have a life sentence right. without parole? Right. But anyway. But um, he ended up getting himself out, and um, or like I said, that 25 years he got him, himself out. Okay. The other guy. Um, got out and sued the. Uh, my grandfather wanted nothing to do with anything, but the other guy sued New York State mm -hmm. and got ten million dollars and died two weeks after he got ten million from the state. Wow, that well, bizarre. Maybe your grandfather made the right decision. So, yeah, yeah. Well, how do you die? I don't know. Because there's the whole. Uh, have you seen the? Uh, what the hell is the name of it? Excuse me now. The Netflix documentary, Making a Murder. No. Have you not seen uh -uh. Murder Murder? Oh, it's fascinating. You have Is Netflix, it? right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just insanely fascinating. Um, basically. Oh, I remember seeing something on this. Yeah. Is he, did he do it? Did he get pinned with it? He gets, he's found innocent. He gets out. He gets pinned on something else. The conspiracy. It gets to a point where the city could not afford to pay his lawsuit. Mm. So they pin another crime on it. Wow. That's basically the end result that you got. It's fantastic. Making a murder is amazing. It's I, 10 think, hours. I don't know if that was you that told me about it. or A lot of people probably have. It's on yeah. Netflix. All right. 10 hours. That's not you. That beep is not. Yeah. At least not a Korean machine. So, so wait a minute. So yeah. now I got March started. Your heart rate's now at 53. I'm calming you down apparently. Oh. Stop. Your pulse is at 52. Yeah, I, we I got need, 65. I don't need to be calm. Don't do that. Don't I calm me. Of, of getting the uh, thing was to make it regular. Uh, well, am so I even holding up to anything? Why don't they just give? Why don't they just give you a pacemaker? You shut up. No, seriously. Not a pacemaker. Why not? Because it's got a thing underneath there ticking away. It's just always ticking. It's just always no. ticking and you're fine. That's what I'm probably going to end up fucking with anyway. So but what's wrong stop with that? it. I don't want it. Technology's awesome. I don't like it. My, my father-in-law has one and it's Bluetooth or something. Like they like they can adjust it wirelessly when he goes in. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> You're kidding. It's, it's awesome. My my mom, uh, speaking of that, my mom has hearing aids. Yeah. They're Bluetooth. Are she they adjusts really? them with a remote control. To, That's and then, like these little things that are in there. Yeah, the technology is, I mean, they're like $5,000. Right, crazy right. expensive. The good thing about hearing aids are not covered by Medicare. Medicare. They're not. No. You're fucked. They don't care. So they, they don't care you don't need to hear. Yeah, they don't, you don't need to. Apparently, you can get like, not a not a quality hearing aid, but a hearing oh, apparatus okay. for like $40. For, on yeah, with a cone. You can it's get a car. <laughs> it's, it's so bad that it's like an, it's an elk horn. Um, so, uh, no, I don't, I think, I feel like at, if I was in your position, I would want to be bionic. Like, give me the... I feel bionic enough right now. I'm taking away. I'm like, I got stints all over the freaking place. You know, Deanna's father actually was really worried about the pacemaker, too. Um, and he put it off and he didn't want to do it. I don't know, for some reason, I, I thought he was crazy at the time, too. I'm like, dude, you're going to become bionic. He's fine. Like, yeah. I mean, past it. Well, yeah, I mean, I just don't, I just don't want added extra, but if I have to, I have to. Uh, back to 25 years to life. So, okay. he writes a so, book. Okay, and he, uh, so he's out. He, yeah. he ends up getting out. Right. And my, their marriage was annulled when he went in, because he's life. Right. You know, so he can't, so... My grandmother's kind of crazy, oh. and she's, um, and they hate each other, so they don't talk to each other for 
pretty much another 25 years. They don't, they don't even, oh, like, okay. they don't even see each other. All right. They both get. He just has the one child, your mom. Right. Okay. Um, they both get um, cancer, diagnosed with cancer, and uh, within the within six months, they live in our house, my mother's house, for the last six months of their lives together, and they die a week apart. So they reconnect when they both get cancer. They both get cancer. They reconnect at. They both come to live and with my her mother. Second husband died. What happened to her second husband? Who's that? Did oh, your grandmother remarried. They just yeah, um, yeah, and that's where the daughter with witness protection came in, which I think we've already discussed. We did. We yeah. discussed that in the last one. Okay, your mom's your grandmother. Did yeah. she remarry? Um, yeah, that's, she did remarry. That was. Is that who the guy you know is grandpa? No. No. No, my grandfather was the one in prison and came out. When he came out of prison, he came to live with my parents. Oh, okay. Right. So your grandmother didn't talk to him, but your mom still had kept him. kept everything separate. But still knew both but of them. So yeah. Them. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. I'm with you now. So he came to live with you guys. He writes a book. No, he didn't. The other guy wrote the book. The ten million dollars. Yeah, he guy. didn't want anything to do with it. He he, wrote, he, he gets ten million dollars. He dies, and he's the author of the book. Yeah. Um, but in the book, it doesn't describe what they did. That he, who was the driver? No, the no. It just talks about the time in prison mostly. About it's the Saints of Denimora. So um, um, it's them being loophole lawyers and, and getting people out. Is it a good book? I mean, it's hard to follow. It's 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 not so easy. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. surprised that you haven't uh, tried to turn it into a movie or um, a story. Uh, here's the full circle bizarre thing is. Tony Danza shot a movie about guys that got life in prison and, be, and got themselves out and um, became jailhouse lawyers. It's the same exact story. Uh-huh. It's just, and I, when I met Tony, I was like, you know, you did a movie about my grandfather. And he starts naming all these people. He's like, oh, um, uh, Lenny? Uh, you know, Tommy Two Fingers? Who, who's your, you know, I was like, no, 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 no. So I was like, wow, it's just another parallel story, you know. Yeah, I'm sure the story's been told a lot of times. I mean, um, you know, Johnny Depp Blow, he doesn't come out with a legal degree. He comes out with a cocaine degree. There you go, yeah. Went in with a, what is there's some line, went in with a minor in uh, uh, marijuana and came out with a a degree in cocaine. cocaine Now, they're both, I can't say my grandmother's living at that. My grandmother's crazy. And there's... uh, um, Jamaican nurse, and Bud. Jamaican, um, what do they call the nurse, the last nurse you ever see? Um, hostess. Ho- okay. No, no, hostess. Hospice? Hospice. Yeah. Hostess is it? Hospice. Hospice. So, Have you Jamaican been assigned a hospice nurse? <laughs> no, that's the good thing. It's good. You're okay. All's looking good. <laughs> when she moves into the house, things <laughs> and then are you like, <laughs> So, she's giving everybody medication, and, uh-huh. and you hear my grandma. Now, she, my grandmother is legally blind. Okay. And my grandfather has 25% hearing in his left ear. Okay, so together they make so a whole person. It was a, it was a sitcom from the beginning. Right. She, he comes in, like the day we're bringing him in, while she's at the, while she's there at the house, we're like, oh shit, what's gonna happen? So he sits down. This is, John's got truth. She waddles over to him, takes him up. You know, three minutes to get to him. Right. She walks over and she puts out her hand, and he. He smiles and he holds up his hand. We're all watching from the kitchen like, is this happening? Right. And they're holding hands. And she sees, Sam, Sam, I love you. Uh, and he's sitting there smiling. 
Uh -huh. I'm like, I'm like going, oh my God, I can't believe this. She said it again. She's like, Sam, I love you, Sam. And he's like, what is she saying? I can't hear what she's saying. I don't hear anything. <laughs> and she goes, oh, dry up. She drops his hand. Swear to God, they never talked again. <laughs> At one time. She's like, I can't hear the TV. And she's like, shut up, I'm watching. She's like, I'm like looking at the TV. <laughs> this is, how, long, how long did they live in your mom? Um, um, six months. There was a Six months and six about months a year and, apart. A week um, apart. Uh, a week apart. Who died first? She did. And then he went, he was in the hospital at the, that point, and we went and told him that Mitzi died. And he was like, ah, she beat me. And he was ready to go. Mm. And then he, he goes, we were sitting and talking, and he said, the Jamaican nurse, if I could just do a Jamaican accent, I would have such a great one-man show now. <laughs> because uh, Irish man. Yeah, yeah. Almost sounds Irish. Anyway. But um, she was like, oh, poor Sam. She accused him of going to, sneaking in the room, trying to have his way with her at night. <laughs> we told him, and he was like, I wish I could have accommodated it. <laughs> I feel like there's a movie there. Yeah, right. You I think? Like, yeah, I, feel like you I think if there was a little bit more love involved. Well, you write that. You fake yeah. that, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you know, put that in. You know, I mean, a little more excitement that uh, these two yeah. lawyers get. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Get somebody off who probably shouldn't have been off. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. The last, um, he would have people come out. You know, guys that he knew that he got out of prison. So, like. Guys who come to my door, <laughs> 21 years old, knocking on the door. And, um, Charles Manson's coming. Yeah, they were all hey, coming over. Hey, hey, so Mookie here? Mookie. Mookie? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, who are you? I didn't even know his nickname was Mookie. Right. I'm like, who? Samuel Friedman? Yeah, that guy's here. But who's Mookie? Um, there's a whole bunch of old guys sitting up and sitting around swearing and screaming, telling stories, some really cool stories that I would sit in the kitchen and listen to. There was a guy, I had to clarify this with my grandfather afterwards. There was a guy that did time. Mm -hmm. He buried his money that he stole uh -huh. in his backyard in tinfoil. And he went and he did 15 years. Right. He did more time because he didn't want to give up the money. Right. He was like, I'm going to stay in jail. Right. He came out, the money had rusted. The the tinfoil and the rain, everything, <laughs> there was nothing it, left. So it was destroyed. It was gone. Um, but they're all talking about it, like, you know, like, hey, did you hear about Lippy? That's the Stand By Me story, though, that, you know, he's, in the, he's looking for that jar of pennies that he's yeah. buried, and he's got all these holes underneath the house, if you remember. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, what? I don't Stand By Me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it's very little at the beginning. One of the kids buried a jar of pennies under his house. Right. And it's a raised foundation, but... Uh, in the south or wherever they are, you know, you not like your house where the raised foundation is sealed. It's like a, it's a lattice open. around. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's just scenes of him under there. There's all these holes dug. He's got like a hundred holes because he can't remember where he buried the pennies. Right. So he's looking for his jar of pennies. But then uh, Shawshank Redemption. I mean, sort of. Right. He goes red, goes to that tree. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, to get the money that um, what's his face left him. Right. Uh, so I heard this story um, that uh, I heard it on Howard Stern Rob Reiner was talking about Albert Brooks mm -hmm. and uh, Rob Reiner is good friends with Albert Brooks and, uh, and I thought about you when I heard this story um, and Albert 
would tell these fantastic stories. Like, you know, you would, Albert would get on a roll. As you've been around other comedians. They get on a roll. Me. And, you know, you, you're just you're having dinner or whatever, and you just let them go. But uh, there was this one time that uh, they were at a party, and Albert, you know, told this fantastic story. It came to an end. And he made his exit out of the out of the house, and like you know, that was it. It was grand and exit, and everything was perfect and whatever. And about 20 minutes later, uh, the phone rings, and the guy who owns the house is before cell phones uh, says to Rob Reiner, "Albert's on the phone for you." And uh, Rob picks up the phone, and Albert's like, "I left my keys there, and I can't go back." <laughs> he didn't want to go ruin the exit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what, so you, great. what have you been doing for 20 minutes? I've been wandering around out here. I don't, I don't know what to do. I can't go back in. It ruins the whole move. <laughs> it ruins the whole thing. Um, another thing that they said that I thought was interesting was uh, they were, you know, you get together with a bunch of comedians and everybody sort of does their shtick or whatever. But Albert, you know, he would, he would be quiet and then all of a sudden whatever it would hit him and he would start and everybody else would quiet up because Albert's, you know, right. going on a roll now. Right. Um, and it made me wonder if, like, there are comedians where you're like, oh, man, I mean, there's certainly comedians you don't want to follow, but yeah, yeah. you're sitting at around a dinner table and it's like, ah, damn it, he's here now. I'm not going to be able to tell my story. Oh, yeah. And he's going to take over this table and it's, you know, it's done. Because, you know, he's super funny. I, I, I was sitting with George Wallace one time okay. at the improv. We accidentally ended up at the same table together. Um, it was one of those things where I was sitting there talking to a friend of mine, and then somebody else that he knew came, you know, came, and the, the um, level of class started getting higher and higher, right? right? <laughs> And then uh -huh. you started and, more and more. You started to not belong. And then my guy goes, and now I'm sitting next to George Walsh right. and Seinfeld. You know what I mean? It's like right. nothing wasn't Seinfeld, but I'm just saying it's like you're like right. what? And George was um, George was saying something like riffing off of something. I don't remember the con the concept, but it, you could tell he was he was kind of writing on the fly, right? You know, and. The, that's just kind of known at, at a stand-up table. If you're sitting, you know, sitting there with a bunch of stand-ups. You, you're like going, right, it, it, whoever's mouth that comes out of it's theirs because that's what you know. It's right. obvious. Right. But he said something, and I, I just said like a tagline to it, real quiet, like a mousy guy in the corner. And he turned and looked at me, and you could see him. You could see him write it on his notepad in his head. He went. And then he just kept going, and then like 45 minutes later, I was on. Uh, he got on stage and he said it, and I was like, "No, he should say something to me. <laughs> he should say." But you know, at that that point at the table, I was like, "All right, so I'm keep my mouth shut. I'm you know, I'm with a whole bunch of uh, you know these national headliners that have been around forever." Right. Um, I forget what the line was. I just eked it out. It wasn't even that, to me, in my own mind, it wasn't even that strong a line. But he liked it. Right. And and it came out. And I don't even think he knows, like, he knew that I said it. I think he just went, I picked that up, you know. After a while, you, you don't even clock where it comes from. Yeah, know? totally. Just, yeah. I mean, I, today I was telling a story to uh, a friend of mine, 
and uh, she had made a remark, and I was immediately like, oh, that's funny, I'm yeah. using that. Yeah, that's, there you go. It was my story, Right. and her remark is a great button, right. but her remark is nothing on its own. Right. It becomes something because it's my story, Yeah. which uh, I guess I should ask you this question. Um, are there any other possibly famous lines that you might have written nah. as just a straight up throwaway <laughs> I can't think something of any something that the audience might have heard or know I can't think of any no there might be there might be one or two alright so I'm, I'm with this I'm in this acting class and, and one of the things that the acting coach does in this class uh-huh. is he doesn't like when there was he didn't like back then when um, they're career acting students acting class students you didn't want people coming in and and making acting class a career. Uh-huh. So one of the things he would do is he'd call it terrorist theater. He said, if you've been in that class for over two years right. and you're not booking, he's right. like, if you don't book a job within two months, mm-hmm. he gives you two months, you're out of class, right? And it, and it stops people from becoming, you know, I've right. been here for 15 years, no, I never worked as an actor. Right, you know? which is bad for a teacher, bad, bad for, for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he doesn't want that shit. Though. Yeah, nobody wants it. So... He created what terrorist theater, and and the two months later, he, so he a buddy of mine was he was in class only maybe like eight months or a year, and he said, "When was the last time you worked?" And he said, ten years ago." Now this guy was an older guy, meaning in his forties, and he he came from New York, and he goes, "All right, you're on terrorist theater." He goes, "I'm not waiting two years for you. You're on terrorist theater." So this dude panicked. Now he also told people, he said, "Don't go running around to casting directors and." and producers and going, you know, I'm on terrorist theater. They don't care. They're right. not going to go, oh, you're going to lose your acting class? Well, let's get you work. Right. So I had gotten some work on a uh, on a show. Um, it was um, Saban. It was um, the sister show to, um, what's it called? Mass Rider was my show. And what's the, Power Rangers. It was oh. the sister show to a Power Ranger. Okay. So, I got him a spot to mm-hmm. get him off a of terrorist theater. But with all the outflow that he did and the administration that he did for his career, he got called in for Seinfeld, okay. right? And so he came to me and he was like, I have an audition for Seinfeld on Monday. And he said, you want to go over the lines? And we were working together on a lot of stuff. Uh-huh. So he showed me this thing and, and the, the sides. And he was like, really wasn't a lot there right. and I and I said to him I was like he ran a soup place right. and he <laughs> so I might have mentioned the no soup for you this is, it sounds so stupid saying it so I said to him I said, you should yell at him at the end of this no soup for you right there I said it it's stupid I feel stupid saying it because he he wrote it in his book that I, I helped him with it and I, I told him that mm-hmm. that phrase and, uh-huh. and he absolutely did it himself you know right. he created that character himself and and no but I, I, yeah. you're being humble and you don't want to take credit for it yeah. and I it just sounds that. stupid you walk around going I, I wrote no soup for you yeah I knew, right That's, and it does sound, sound it sounds silly when you say that yeah but as I recall the, the way that the story went was um it was it, there was nothing to that part. Right. There was it was he ran a soup kitchen, uh, the what is now known as the soup Nazi, um, ran the soup place, 
when he sat with you to workshop it, your thing back then, and I think even still today, was that there needs to be something unique. There needs to be, like, you know, the guy needs to be crippled, the guy needs to have one eye, the guy needs to have a catchphrase, not so much catchphrase, but he needs to speak in a pattern, he needs to give give this character some life. And as I understood it, your contribution was the... No, you say no soup for you. Like you, mm. you, you punctuate. Well, no, he wasn't. That line wasn't in there. That line was it, not, not in the, the script, script right? right? You gave it to to, to, to the soup Nazi to, to Larry. But, um, like I said, I mean, you know, it was it was absolutely him. This goes to what we were talking about with George and what I was talking about with my friend today. Like the st- the story is his. The part is his. The part is his. He, he made the he part. Created, it was. He created. It's when all you're sitting that. around that table and you're you're giving your shooting the bull with your friends, and then someone out of nowhere throws something out, and it's no suit for you. It's no good to you. It means nothing to you, but it made that. It it became his, and it became that thing. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, you know, to to explain like how I didn't even think along those lines. I never even thought about it again until he came to um, he came to my house at a barbecue one time and he was telling this story to a bunch of people and he gave it to me. He was like, and Tom wrote the line and I was like, what are you saying? What do you mean I wrote the line? And he goes, you're the one that wrote the line. He goes, you, you said it to me. You should go in and say this. And, and then, you know, I was like, I don't even remember doing that, you know. That's how much of a throwaway that, it was to you. Because it it really wasn't like I was sitting there going, "Oh, this line is going to be incredible. This is right. going to be it." Right. The, yeah, it wasn't that at all. No. It was. We were talking about the character, and we were talking about, and I was like, you know, you got to say something, you know, that I, it it actually read itself like that, you know. Right. It was like just yell at him. That's it. You're done. Right. Get out. Right. You know that could have easily have been what was said right. you know but we said that's it no soup for you right you know and yeah, your contribution I think was more about giving him uh, a uniqueness and, and, and according and, to him in that party you gave him the line but the line could yeah it wasn't like anybody was writing a master line the line could have easily been no spoon for you or um, it could have been get out that's it no yeah. more no more for anyone right it could have been anything like that anything like that it just um, happened to be yeah. I guess you uttered this it and and by the way, him. I might he have even it. said, n- you know, nobody gets anything, and he changed it to no soup for you. And he heard, hold on, because she's going to keep calling me Who's back. Calling my mom. Oh, okay. got a TV in the box. Hey, mommy. Hello. Hi. What are you doing? What are you doing? Wh- where are you? At Best Buy. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Buying it a TV? Okay, go on. Uh, I have it. It's it's documented. Yes. That she called me. Right. And she's at Best Buy. Right. Buying a TV while you're in the hospital. What else? What else? Um, no soup for you. Grandfather. Grandfather's a murderer. You're murder. dying. Your grandfather's a murderer. <laughs> no soup for you. Um, what else? Um, my grandmother. Oh, I know. I never got to the button of this. What is that? You're about to talk about your grandmother. No. Um, 
after hearing that story about Albert Brooks and the comedians oh, yeah, and yeah. the table, I figured that's probably why you shied away from wanting a podcast with me because you probably feel overshadowed oh. by how funny I am. <laughs> that is definitely a factor all the time. <laughs> all the time. All the time. I don't hang out with Vince because he, <laughs> he just takes it over. He takes it over. Takes it over. Um, um, so the, the Albert Brooks when he he couldn't go back in the house. Right. right? So Rob Brown and so Christmas kids. My, yeah. my father and I argued. I'm out 19 years old, right? And right. in Connecticut, it gets cold. We, we had three-quarter length coats, you know. Right. It was a popular thing, especially rock and rollers back then, you know, with the long hair. Duster. It was yeah. big. Yeah. So, um, so I got my three-quarter length coat on. My father and I are arguing, screaming at each other. And he goes... I'm leaving, right? And he goes, you know what scares me? This is from upstairs. He said, that I, all I have in my old age is you and your you and your sister to look forward to. You guys will stick me in an old folks' home and ignore me. And I was like, and as I'm walking out of the house, I said, if you want it that good, you better start saving up now because I ain't paying for it. Okay. I slammed the door. I left my keys inside. It was locked, and my coat is stuck in the door. <laughs> I'm like, I so don't want to go back in the house. It was perfect. Right. It was a perfect. End. So I'm like knocking on the door, <laughs> and he comes down, and he was like, <laughs> he's looking at me like, oh yeah, yeah. Never forget that. Anyway, perfect face. And I was like. Keys are inside, <laughs> but that just reminded me of the. Did like, you grab your keys? I, repeat the line. And yeah, then yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then another, another time I arguing, uh, arguing buddy of mine, and we lived in a house with. I lived in a house with like three different, three other guys. We all rented a house, and I was going to do stand up, and I played banjo in my act, and. I'm yelling at him. I'm like, you fucking idiot, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, go fuck yourself. And I walked outside and I put the banjo behind behind the cart. I put it down and I went to get in the trunk. Forgot my keys. Mm -hmm. So I go back in the house and I went, and by the way, you're stupid and you're fucking... <laughs> Some more I need that. That's why I'm here. Slam the door, I go back inside. I, I come out to my car, he's backing up and I'm like going up. I'm like, there's a curb like in my driveway. I was running over my banjo. So I went down the other side. So now the banjo is stuck under the car, right? And I don't want to run back over it. So I go inside and I went, Why, is it destroyed anyway? Well, I went up and over it. And I'm thinking to myself, I mean, it was a hard shell case. So I'm like thinking, oh, okay, it's maybe, case. you know. All right. So you go back so in. So I'm going back inside and I went, Dave, come here. Same and he's like, what? And I went, come here. So he came outside. He said, lift up the back of the car. <laughs> he lifts up the back of the car. I slid it out. He never said anything to me. <laughs> I never said anything to him. And that's why we're friends today. <laughs> because, but I couldn't have done that if I was him. I, I would be like, you're a dick. <laughs> Something. He just lifted up the car. I slid the banjo out. I didn't say thank you. He didn't say anything. And he went back inside the house. 
Well, you told me today that you couldn't that you were canceling on podcasting, and what was my response to you? <laughs> Fucker. God damn, what if I come pick you up? Come on. I'm dying, Vince. <laughs> oh boo hoo. Um, <laughs> oh boo hoo, that's right. <laughs> the banjo. Did, was, did it get, was it good? It was just it was squashed together. I, I literally when I took I it out of the thing. I forget what the hell I was going to answer or I was going to say. Uh, I, okay, the banjo. I, um, it has a resonator in the back. That's a big round thing. So the drum is in the front and on the back is just a big resonator and it's screwed in. Right. But it jammed down into it so it was like... <laughs> I pulled it up and it was fine. I, I still have the same case. I still have the same banjo. Never had it fixed? Never had still it fixed. Still the same condition yeah. it was yeah. from there? So I'm Vince Roca. And I'm Tom Ayers. And still. For, still. But hopefully, for, hopefully you'll make another podcast. Um, otherwise, it's become just really bad taste. <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, on one hand, I was like, it's such a weird thing to rock because I was like, oh, fantastic. I'm going to go down and I'll get a vlog out of this. I'll get a podcast out of this. I, what did I text you? I, before I came here, I was like, why don't you come up with things, ideas for me to vlog with? And you're like, you want a podcast in the hospital? I was like, fantastic idea. I'm going to get a vlog out of this. I'm going to get a podcast out of this. And, and I'm like, ah, oh, man, I'm super selfish. I'm just thinking about me. But on the other side, I'm like... I, he's sitting in a bed. He's gonna have a good time. We're gonna bullshit, and you know, he's I was, kill I was sitting and thinking to myself, I don't want to upset anybody. Like, let them feel like, oh, this is ridiculous what they're doing in there. And then, seriously, has the only person? There was one guy that came in. You guys are recording? Yeah, we were talking. Yeah, we we're doing a podcast. Oh, okay. Getting stories on the deathbed. <laughs> Look how much it bothered him. <laughs> At the end, are you guys filming? <laughs> At Actually, the end. recording. You didn't even Record. see that. Um, yeah, I was like, I kept looking up at him and I was watching his eyes and I was like, when is this going to go south? Or when is he going to be like, you can't do that here. All right. So uh, hopefully uh, if, if it's over tonight and this is totally morbid, then at least you got some entertainment out of it yeah. for two hours. And, um, you know, your loved ones can take solace that I was here to get those final <laughs> kernels of stories, final wisdoms out of you. So I'm Vince Roca. I'm Tom Ayers. And for more on the show, visit getconvinced.com. <laughs>